you know we have all the world's scientific minds focusing on this coronavirus instead of what really matters and that's genetically engineering tiger striped lap giraffes and teacup elephants with dollar bill print skin I'm a, this is the unstoppable podcast and I'm Bill Unstoppa here we go you uh ever sit there in the morning after a long night of drinking knowing that you should have drank less or at least less than you know your doctor recommends if your doctor is a raging alcoholic with very poor ethics and wonder what the hell you're doing like I don't know I find these moments to be really weird you know you wake up and myself you know my morning constitutional that's uh you know kind of uh, under the breath way of saying, you know, dropping my morning deuce, and uh, you just kind of sit there and you think about it, you know, not really it, what you're doing, but you think about, like, what are you doing, like, it's so weird being a person, like, matter goes in one end, and it comes out transformed the other, and everything is just kind of strange and outlandish, you know, it's just, you eat food, you poop food, you drink water, you pee, pee, <laughs> pee, pee, um, you know, you do other various physical activities, sometimes involving other human beings, which are quite pleasurable. You know, it's just in these moments, you know, when you're kind of somewhere less than your full cognitive function, you know, and I don't want to say like just sick, just less than, you know, 100%, or maybe just less aware of. I don't know if it's it's less aware or just your mind is a little quieter because all the other processes are turned down, you know, the other higher functions. Like you just kind of think about things that are a little bit different than, uh, you know, what, what you would, you think of how you think of things is different than you would any other time. Um, then when you're, uh, you know, perfectly cognizant and, uh, you know, of your healthy, well-rested ability. I don't know, it's strange. I mean, maybe that just means that, you know, thinking of things so literally makes you dumber. And, you know, that might be. But when you get into the nuts and bolts of what it means to be a human, you are a big pink slug riding around in a really poorly designed meat vehicle. And only 50% in control of that, because... Arguably, there is a biomass that lives in your guts that actually has a little bit of uh, mass on your brain. Like if you take all, it's it's a bunch of um, you know single-celled organisms and of many varieties, uh, and they have plenty of influence over your uh, body, over your metabolism. And what does your brain do? It interprets your metabolism and modifies your behavior to sustain those metabolic functions in the most efficient and uh, hopefully beneficial way to your body as possible. And or is it to um, benefit that gut biome, right? Maybe that gut biome has something kind of defective about it. You know, you uh, ate the wrong... Um, sushi bar and now suddenly you have some sort of really unpleasant 
unhealthy, toxic, you know, just emotionally damaged biome living inside your belly and it's, you know, got daddy issues and maybe it's a rampant alcoholic or, you know, kind of has a little bit of narcissistic tendencies and only thinks of itself and convinces your brain and the other biome with it. Like, hey, you know what we need? We need to eat a lot of fucking chocolate. Like, all the chocolate we can stuff in our face for the next 24 hours. And if we puke and some of us go down the drain, well, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. You know, because you might, that, that could be, right? Like, why couldn't it happen? Um, sometimes when you get an imbalance in your body, right? Particularly, there's a, there's a disease many of us are aware of called C. difficile colitis. I hope I pronounced that right. And um, what it is, is it's a common bacteria that exists in almost everybody. And it's really, really difficult to kill. So when you get prescribed too many antibiotics and all the other weaker stuff dies, it's kind of like, fuck yeah, party time, this is our town, and starts to eat you and everything alive. And the rest of the time, it's other microbes that's eating it. That's kind of funny. Like The other microbes are tough enough to kill it and eat it, but without them, it eats you. And so the way that they cure this now is, well, the way they cured it uh, about 10, 15, about 10 years ago was they actually put poop of somebody healthy up your butt. And, uh, yeah, literally, they, they would give you a poop colonic. Uh, There's probably a more technical way of saying it than that. Now I think they've actually got it refined to a pill that you can take. You know, they, uh, I, I'm not sure how they do it, but I think they take bacteria spores and they put them in a pill and, you know, you pop the pills for so many days and boom, you do it. But the the results of the, uh, the colonic method are really pretty astounding. Um... So somebody I know was sick, actually my wife was sick for quite a while, uh, about 15 months with this disease, and it took a long time to get everything on board to do this. Um, and so to get this, uh, you know, this poop colonic, right? And within just a few days, after, after 15 months of every other couple weeks being, or every other week being in the hospital a couple times in ICU over this, just three days after this, like she was a normal human being again. Everything was fine. And that was, you know, rounds of vancomycin couldn't do it. And it was just a really harrowing experience for her, especially. I mean, me, I was over here just on the sidelines, you know, arguing with insurance and screaming at doctors who didn't want to listen and, you know, getting the right doctor on the right page to find the right stuff. And so we finally did that. And so here we go. But right back to the point is that, you know, you are 50% uh, single-celled organisms. You, you are a disgusting pile of slugs, like little bitty gross germs crawling all over you. And on the outside too, like imagine being able to see them sliding around beneath your skin. Um, yeah, so there's a company called Hollow Biome that has been researching this exclusively and the effects of this bacteria on your cognitive abilities and emotional abilities. And that would be a hell of a thing if, uh, you know, it does turn out that your even your intellect has a large dependence 
on you know the health of your uh, uh, gut, of your gut health, your your, your uh, intestinal fauna. Man, I don't know. It's it's just wild. Um, so moving along, there was something else talking about companies. Is you know people get really into this cancel culture, right? It's like I don't like what this person said, so we're gonna boycott the company that they work for and they might just be some stupid peon employee that works at uh you know that works at a company and they made a dumbass comment on twitter on somebody famous's feed or whatever and lots of people saw it so then like you know the trumpets sound the pitchforks light the, uh, the pitchforks light the torches light and they drag out the pitchforks and they come for uh twitter stein's monster and so then they rally to get this person fired and typically you see the uh, the social justice warriors doing this right you know your your um, social jihadist and uh, you know they start dro dropping woke bombs on everybody and next thing you know you know the poor old Miss Nancy who didn't know any better got let go and maybe that's a good thing you know for her getting outed for her insensitive bigotry but there's a bigger thing that I think is really kind of uh, ominous to consider. It's an unintended consequence that comes along with this. And it is that when you do that, you invite the company, the corporation, deeper into your lives, right? And every single company is worried about one thing, right? Making money. And if you as an employee or potential employee are a potential liability, well then guess what? Your ass is gone. You're getting the axe, right? And so that makes your pre-screening all the much uh, more invasive. And then thereafter, I remember for a while there was talk of companies that wanted, and maybe they probably still do, want your, uh, your social media passwords so they can monitor you when you are not at work and censor your post and maybe even, you know, um, Maybe even just eh, they're outright spying on you. Like, like let's not even tap dance around it. Not maybe. Like anybody who wants your social media password is a fucking creep. And all this cancel culture really incentivizes that sort of um, invasive behavior by corporations. And what's really funny is that on the other side of the uh, political coin or you know the spectrum is you get the people on the right wing who really kind of like they really uh, loathe the idea of the government spying on them but then they defend corporations spying and doing this and they say well you know it's a private company you have a choice not to work for them but when something a policy becomes so ubiquitous that you can't really escape it unless you just go out and create your own company. And that's great. If you can do that, you do that. But then as soon as you get something worth being sued over, you're going to become that same sort of tyrannical, oppressive, um, invasive parasite yourself. And then, you know, if you're going to be that way with other people, you're a complete fucking hypocrite for not wanting the government to want to do it to you either. Because... You know, how is it any different? People are people. What is a government made out of? It's made out of fucking people. And they are inclined to abuse their power. I, you know, it's a, it's a big invitation for a lot of shit to go wrong. And, you know, I understand that people want to do the best that they can and help others out. But, you know, the whole appealing to a, to a corporation and giving them 
bad press because some idiot who works behind the freaking, you know, who's a janitor maybe. I don't know what the hell their job is, but who cares what their job is, right? I mean, I guess that you care if they're in the hiring practice, like they're an HR representative or maybe a CEO. But, you know, if Susan down in the mailroom says something fucking retarded, like she's probably in the mailroom because she's fucking retarded. Leave her alone. You know, she's doing the best she can, and maybe maybe losing her job will just make her keep her mouth shut, but it won't change her opinion. It's not going to change her opinion. She'll just be more careful about how she expresses it. So, you know, all you're doing is creating this really weird environment where, you know, there's companies that make software that are designed to go through skim candidate social media and online activities and flag and, prof and create a, a profile for them to for the potential employer to review over you the candidate and that's great and that might seem like just fine of an idea but for how long can you maintain um, you know the level of scrutiny that needs to be or, or, or like who knows how what sort of level of misrepresentation will be taken because things that that's the problem with the PC culture is that it's fluid. There's nothing set in stone. You know, uh, language changes all the time. The implication, terminology of it changes all the damn time. It's like take colored people is rude and racist, but people of color isn't. I mean, it's the same simple words, but different order and the word of interjected between it. I, I don't understand that. Like, it's retarded. Okay, and I'm not supposed to say retarded. It's a poor expression of an idea it's just really manipulative I feel like it's a bunch of linguistic minds that people are made to navigate you know and this is why this thing always ends up with people well with the culture eating itself like all the time you see somebody who is in the woke culture and then they kind of slide out of it or they make a mistake and then everybody packs everybody jumps on them like a pack of piranhas I don't know if you know anything about piranhas but you know, they, they will eat the fucking slowest one in the group, right? He gets a little nip in his fin or something, and he starts limping a little bit or starts acting a little funny. Then they all turn around and just, Barrah! I don't know if they make the sound because they're fish, you know. But uh, next thing you know, there's one less piranha in the fucking school. And chickens are the same way. Chickens and ducks, like, man, I tell you a horrible story. But, uh, you know, ducks gets injured, right? And the other ducks will drown it. Yeah, you got to the uh, to the old, you know, community park and like you're racing your RC boat and accidentally hit a duck and it starts swimming funny, the other ducks will jump on it and drown it. So, you know, watch where you're driving those RC boats. That's just reckless, you fucking duck murderers. Well, you know, then we've got this whole thing about what's going on with the virus out there right now, right? And everybody's freaking out because states are opening back up. And, you know, I, I spoke about this and I was talking about, you know, rights versus responsibility and, you know, how it's probably more responsible to go ahead and cover your face, right? Cover your face, wash your hands, wipe your ass, you know, pay attention to the four cardinal areas, just like George Carlin said, armpits, asshole, crotch, and teeth. Use the same brush and preferably in that order if you want to save time. Um, On the other side, like, right, you got to look at this. Let's say you have contracted 
a debilitating disease that is going to make it harder and more difficult for you to work and do your job every day and it is caused you to degeneratively become disabled right you are disabled you can no longer work you can't provide for your family you're gonna have to rely on uh, social security or government handouts you know for the foreseeable future and you get told by a doctor says well we have a surgery that will fix this now there's a two percent chance you might die but we have a 98 percent success rate with this are you gonna take the chance are you gonna watch your whole family suffer and wither away into you know poverty and you know a complete destruction of your quality of life because you're afraid of a two percent chance you might die when there's a 98% chance of success, right? I mean, who who's going to do that? I mean, if I said, hey, look, this lottery tickets, you know, it costs $1,000, the jackpot's $10 million, but there's only a 98% chance you'll win. You'd be a fucking moron if you didn't buy the ticket. You know, like, let's just think about that, right? You know, wash your hands after you use the coin to, um, you know, Scratch the ticket. You know, and then people get so overly uh, crazy with the, the whole, you know, two sides of it. Like, our entire society has borderline personality disorder when it comes to um, political views. It's super polarized, right? Everything is all good and all bad. And any sort of discussion, you know, any sort of argument to the contrary of your idea is a complete just as not a complete justification but it is you know just proof positive that not only are you wrong but you are deceptively wrong right you are maybe an immoral agent even you know you're just the worst of the worst and a, a piece of shit for disagreeing with me in fact you want people to die, right? That's it. You're going to open things up and you're going to sacrifice them for capitalism because you want the wealthy, rich CEO billionaires to keep living on their yachts and flipping you the bird while they, while they live fat and you toil and choke and die on a ventilator for pennies a day after they cancel your... Uh, if they cancel your insurance and then they unplug you from the ventilator or some shit like that, right? Because that's, that's what we're all told. And, you know, there, there's some genuine criticism to be had with our uh, medical system right now. I mean, like, it's, it's kind of shitty, you know, like, it's tough. But what's really funny, though, is those same people who go on about this and the wealthy CEOs and they'll complain about Big Pharma say oh big pharma just wants to you know make more money fuck people over and uh they create uh customers not cures right by treating diseases instead of curing them suddenly though for this virus this situation nobody's complaining that the cost of medicines are inflated you know the cost of ventilators it's not inflated there's no need for yeah, we needed the money. All the money has to come from the government and go to the hospitals to pay for the ventilators, to pay for the beds, to pay for the doctors, to pay for the inflated burden on all the hospitals, and that none of the prices of any of this stuff are exaggerated at all, and it's all been justified the whole time. You know, it's funny how quickly we flip sides 
when the right politician tells you what the fuck to do. So when I started thinking about things this way, it just seems so ridiculously easy to manipulate people. And it, it really is. It's really easy to manipulate large groups of people, apparently, because what what was that? Uh, no, I'm going to borrow from George Carlin again here. He says, think of the average person and how stupid they are and then realize that half of them are dumber than that. So, you know, we get these people that specialize in psychological manipulation, and that's what a politician does, right? They manipulate you psychologically to believe that they have your best interest at heart, but all the time we see the same shit, right? You got two different sides fighting against each other, and they always win. Both sides always win. When they lose something, they lose a very small battle, and they play it very carefully, right? So you look at what's going on with the uh, stimulus packages. Every single time, both both parties, they, they pack it full of uh, funds for special interest groups, whether they're big business bailouts or uh, the Center for Performing Arts bailouts, etc. You know, ad nauseum examples of that. But these are all uh, corporate donors, you know? They're, they're, they're not corporate donors. They are campaign donors to the, each party, right? So what happens is, is they get the money. They include the stimulus to these special interest organizations. And then those special interest organizations later on will donate a portion of that back. There is a name for this activity. It's called money laundering. And guess what? We're the rubes. And we're getting some breadcrumbs from this too, you know? We're getting some breadcrumbs. We're getting our $2,500 of Corona cash, or what is it, $1,200 of Corona cash. And, um, you know, I hope the people out there who are getting screwed over and can't go to work and, you know, that they're getting the food. You know, that they're getting food, they're getting their bills paid, and, you know, that they can at least sustain some semblance of a normal life. Um, you know, I, I get it. Like, it's this weird world out there, and, like, shit can go wrong. It goes wrong for lots of people. And, you know, it's going wrong for a lot of people right now. And as things open back up, it's going to go wrong for some more people. Like, that's going to happen. But, you know, another interesting thing is that I don't think that this is really going to pan out in the long term. And by long term, I mean, like, within the next year. And the reason why I say that is because I think it's going to take, like, a whole year to really gather up exactly what the level of danger that this really presented um, as an overall whole okay going to be as dangerous as what we really thought it was you know um, I know I'm not saying it wasn't dangerous and that you know a lot of people didn't die because they did and they're gonna continue people are continuing to die and you know we're gonna start to figure out who and who more and more is at risk and sort that out you know it's it's very interesting there was an article i read about this virus having quite possibly been in a slightly different form circulating through the population uh for years now yeah a, a novel virus but it was mutated differently and was unable to cause any sort of you know uh symptoms within people and there's a large degree, and that's the reason why there's a large degree of numbers, or a large percentage of people, I have 50% that don't ever experience any symptoms. But it also 
means that at some point it mixed back with an animal, I think is the way I read this, right? It mixed back with an animal maybe several times over and then enough mutations took place to where there were some components to it that made it much more lethal and uh, you know infectious to people where it caused you know it became more of a pathogen and that right there is kind of uh, scary in itself because well if it wasn't created in a lab and that seems to be pretty clear now um, it would have been a lot simpler if it had been but it's not and at least from the most current info that I have it really seemed like it was for a while based on my intuition and what was available you know uh, as far as information went but as it goes forward and forward it looks really more and more like it wasn't made in the lab and that this is just a really crazy ass step in evolution and so what's scary about that the idea that it was circulating as a less dangerous pathogen or an even a an asymptomatic just almost symbiotic pathogen for uh, I know that's kind of uh, contradictory right an oxymoron symbiotic pathogen but anyhow uh, a symbiotic virus for years and then mutated into something you know pathogenic mean could mean it could mean I don't know this I don't know this because I'm not a microbiologist um, but could that mean that the uh, antibody tests are picking up that benign version of the virus and not the current dangerous one I don't know like that kinda crossed my mind and maybe that's it maybe that's what's gonna happen and, but the problem with this theory it, it, my, the theory that this has traveled around a lot is that typically from an evolutionary standpoint you know viruses become less dangerous as they um, spend more and more time with a uh, host I guess that's the nature of evolution also is to just kind of you know make a lot of mistakes and the ones that don't do the best die off like you know SARS-1 it was really really super deadly and killed people really quick and developed symptoms really fast so it was really easy to to quarantine taper off and you know eradicate I don't know if it's eradicated but at least it's well well under control because it made the mistake of being a little too tough, a little too aggressive, and bam, we shut that shit down. And this one, however, is a much sneakier opponent. It likes to sneak in and crawl all over you like ants and get all into the little nooks and crannies of your blood and your brain and your lungs and your bung, and then the alarm goes off, bam, they all attack at once, and then you start, you know, having symptoms or not or not having symptoms unless it's the other one ooh you don't know I know it's really kinda of weird it's very fascinating at the same time like I really can't stop reading enough about this damn thing and it's you know, wasting a lot of my time when you know we should really be spending more time on fucking lap giraffes you know, I'm tired of this maybe even some some tiny t-rexes that we could walk around I don't you know, maybe they're not even real T-Rexes, but like, you know, we have monitor lizards, you know, big-ass monitor lizards, which are really cool. I don't know if you know, if you've ever owned one of those, or if you ever have, you know exactly how cool they are. Uh, however, they're a lot of work, you know, they, they poop a lot. They poop like a whole lot, so like, if you got one in a cage, it's like having a dog, you know, in a cage, 
and it poops in the cage and you got to go take it out every day and it wants to try and you know it's, it's very food aggressive so and some of them can be trained i wasn't very good at training them like you know i had one this white throat and he was really cool and he got pretty good size he was about you know two foot long and i get him to chill out i spend time with him every day because like when he was a little baby i'd pick him up and he'd spray poop everywhere just like sling it sling it like a fucking squirt gun it was disgusting it was kind of hilarious until like one time it got in my daughter's eyes and I had to pick her up and hold her under the sink. Like she just I was picking him up, taking it out of the, the tank on top of the bar because that's where I kept him in this tiny apartment. And she come running over below me right when he let one rip. And she's looking right up at it and like, bam, freaking bear mace to the eyes from a lizard's bung. And so, you know, had to throw her head under the sink and flush her eyes out then took her to the... Uh, to the doctor to get her some antibiotic drops for the eyes because there was no way I was going to have my daughter, you know, end up blind at two years old from having, you know, monitor feces, monitor mace in her face. And uh, so anyhow, this one, he, he never really tamed out. Like I got him to where he's pretty chill and he'd hang out with me for a little while. You know, I could feed him some treats like some dog food and, you know, so like one day he's sitting there asleep on my lap just chilling after I gave him some treats and dead asleep I mean just like eyes shut been laying there for a few minutes and I'm sitting there relaxing watching TV and like he wakes up and just grabs a hold of my middle finger and like chops down on it and I'm like okay you know what am I going to do with this thing and I'm picking him up and he's hanging on. I tried pulling a little bit and like he just bites down harder. And uh, so I'm like, all right, I'll set him on the carpet. Maybe he's just freaked out. And as soon as I set him on the carpet, he'll let go, you know, when he thinks he can run away. And, you know, he'll just release and run off. No, he starts tugging. I'm playing tug of war with my finger, trying to take it with him. He's like, fuck you. I got a trophy now. You're coming with me, meatbag. And uh, so I ended up having to stick his head under the faucet and, you know, hold him under there till he uh, finally needed some air and let go. And, he seemed to be like that all the time, you know, and it was like, it wasn't too deep of a cut, but yeah, I mean, like, there was, there was like actual two little cut marks, like, I cut myself with the pair of scissors, you know, on there, on, on right across the meat of my uh, first and second knuckle on my middle finger, and he did this to me a couple times after that, too, he'd play all nice and sweet, and then, ha, fucking bounce, and he started getting too big, you know, I was still living in an apartment, so I had to, had to go ahead and give him away to somebody, but they're really cool, they're really, really cool, and I've seen a lot of people do really well with them, like, uh, man, Tom Crutchfield, like, if you don't know who that guy is, and you have any interest in reptiles, and reptile husbandry, like, that's the dude to look for, he's got this huge house, plantation, facility out there in, uh, Florida, and, you know, the, the environment there is so perfect that, like, most of his stuff are open-air cages, but he's got crocodile monitors, and I don't ask for his scientific name. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but he's got crocodile monitors and uh, blackthroat monitors, and, like, he hand-feeds these thing mice, you know, like, just reaches up there. He doesn't use tongs or nothing, like, literally just has them so fucking tame he can just hand them a mouse and they'll just take it gently from his fingers. And these are all older ones, though, right? So they've, they've been with him for a while. And they've grown up around him. And, and the dude is just fascinating with the way that he interacts with all these different species. And he understands their body language and how they communicate to the, uh, to the handler, right? And 
you know, does a really good job of explaining, you know, how the the the, the animal tells the handler how to be the, the animal's behavior tells the handler how to behave, and the handler tells the uh, or and that tells the handler you know how to behave. I don't know. He's got a really uh, really eloquent way of saying it, but it's he's very brilliant guy and you know very worth taking a look at um his youtube presence um is it's out there but it's not huge he's just not that interested in making productions which i think is a shame because he's got so much information to share but he's also got so much responsibility and dedication and love for all these animals that he just doesn't have the time you know there's uh, a plethora of people that are just lining up and dying to be this guy's uh, protege because like in Florida if you want to own anything venomous you have to do like a thousand hours of supervised handling with the species that you intend to keep before you can get a license to do it and you know I understand part of the reason behind that fine whatever but the main thing is you know because Florida is such a temperate environment that anything that escapes has a pretty good chance of surviving for a while. You know, unlike here in Texas and like pretty much throughout the rest of the states, you know, species, you know, exotic reptile species that escape mostly, they uh, they don't survive winters very well. And a lot of the other ones, people don't realize this. A lot of things like even here in Texas, uh, it's, it's too hot for a lot of even these African species. You know, they just they don't do well over 80 degrees and they just burn up and die and they sure as hell don't do well under 70 degrees and these things are like tropical fish sometimes you know you got to keep them just right because they live in a very stable unchanging climate and you know, minor variations of temperature just kill them like they just don't hang well uh, so anyhow we have reached that 30 minute mark and covered everything from you know cancel culture to debilitating diseases and why you are a bloated festering slug for a butt and that the germs are really in control so don't wreck your meat vehicle out there people have a good one